Well, welcome. So here's the deal tonight. We, we planned this event after my wife came home from a Bible study and she said, you know, some people are coming to our church and they don't have any idea of where we came from or what happened. They just kind of think that everybody showed up at the same place at the same time, right? And so what we wanted to do was actually kind of just uh, retell our story a little bit. And what we're going to do is we're actually recording this right now. So this will be available on the website in, in the future. And we do this specifically for two purposes. One, we want to recount the story of God's faithfulness to us and to our church. You know, my wife, a few months ago, she just she had sat down and she had recorded all of the things that God had just been faithful to us in the last year. And uh, it was just kind of overwhelming to me to think through how God has just taken us step by step by step through this process. And so one of the agendas for tonight is actually to kind of recount some of those things that God has blessed us with. And the second is to kind of include others into our history, to, to kind of just invite other people to know exactly where we came from, how things were started, how that all works. And so we've invited the Reverend Danny Wright to come with us here tonight. And so he's here. And we also have our two other elders, Chris Harshbarger and Brian Spirito. And uh, yeah, so we're going to just kind of dive right in into the story. And the way we've divided this up tonight is uh, we're going to start with our past like what happened in the past, how we came to be a church plant, and then go into our present. At that point, I'm going to let these guys go. Uh, and then we'll talk about the future here for a little bit as well. Um, Danny, you mind open us up and just let us know. We came from a church named Greenville Grace Brethren Church. It's in Greenville, Ohio, about 35 minutes away. I worked there for 12 years, and I, I started after Danny. You've been there 14 years, right? 15. 15 years. There's a microphone. If you could use that, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> um, but Danny's going to go ahead and tell us a little bit about the church's history and their desire to plant a church. Okay. Um, our son was, his birthday was this last week. And so we're sitting at the dinner table and my wife says, Hey, we're going to tell the story of Zeke's birth. And we're a pro-life family. So I actually looked and I said, well, maybe we should start and tell the story of the conception and all of my kids like groaned and dropped their food, you know. And so um, I can tell that story here of the church, of, of yes, gospel yes. community Let's story it of yeah. its conception. Um, so we'll, we'll go there. It, it probably starts back with ours. We were planted from a church in Clayton, Ohio. Um, and it, there was a bunch of families that lived in Greenville that were traveling all the way down to Clayton. And then... Uh, they just kind of felt like, man, we'd love to see a church up here in this community where people were traveling from. And so our church was planted. Uh, a, a gentleman and his wife moved up from North Carolina that had a relationship with the church already and, and planted our church. And my wife and I, we moved there two years into the church plant. And so uh, from the time that we moved there, I remember the pastor introducing me to one of the men in the church. And he just kind of right away had said, hey, this is brother so-and-so. And we're hoping to plant a church with him someday. Like right there in front of the – that may have been the first time that guy heard that. But um, like church planning was just always in the heart of our church. And uh, we went through multiple transitions. I was the youth pastor for four years. And then – uh, Daniel and Teresa, the couple that planted our church, moved to North Carolina due to a, a medical situation for a family member. And uh, the church allowed me to kind of step into the pulpit. And uh, we kept wanting to put planting in front of our church. And uh, we, had, uh, we had all kinds of different things happen. We had different guys on staff we thought might be church planters after they developed a little bit. We had a guy move from a different part of Ohio specifically to be a part of our church so that we could someday hopefully plant with him. And that never really worked out. And like just all these situations we thought were going to happen, uh, weren't happening. And, uh, the cool thing is, is all along God was taking, especially these three guys who were doing some of the leadership development things and things we were doing. And unbeknownst to us, he was raising them up as church planters. So, um, that's kind of, process. Yeah, I think it's, it's um, you know, first of all, we'll go down, back and define some of the terms. When we talk about church planting, that's actually from 1 Corinthians 3. In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul talks about, he said he, he planted, Apollos watered, and God caused the increase. And what we're talking about is actually 
kind of hiving off and starting a new congregation somewhere else. And so that was always in Greenville Grace's kind of DNA, so to speak. I remember showing up for the interview where I was going to be the music pastor at Greenville Grace and the senior pastor at that time talking about, well, we don't ever want to grow beyond 200 people. We want to go plant another church. And so it was always kind of in their DNA, always kind of present with that. So you have this context from Greenville Grace where they wanted to plant and just kind of a few attempts that just never took took wings, so to speak. Um, so from my perspective, like the next step that we had was Danny and I had a lunch meeting in 2014. And so Danny approached me and at the end of the lunch meeting, he said, you're going to take a six to eight week sabbatical. And I said, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Right. And, um, it, it was, I think it was very well intended in terms of they wanted my wife and I to rest. They wanted us to kind of have a break. We had at that point, I think we'd worked there 10 years, 11 years. Um, so we were planning on taking a six to eight week sabbatical in, uh, the summer of 2015. Well, the next kind of step in all of that that happened was um, we had a particular Sunday that was very full, and I came into a staff meeting. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I said, guys, we need, we're going to have to build. There's, there's too many people here. And two of the guys, like they were downright offended that I said, we're, gonna, we're actually going to have to build. And they said, we're not building anymore. I said, really? No. I think my words were, you're fired or I quit. <laughs> it was one of those two options. <laughs> That's right. And so... Um, at that point, it kind of it kind of unnerved me a little bit because I thought, okay, we want to plant a church. We know we don't want to build. So what's the next step? And so within a couple of weeks, I approached Danny and I said, what would it look like for me to start a Saturday night service at Greenville with a view toward moving out and planting? And I, I you know, you kind of chewed on it for a little bit and I brought it back up in a couple of weeks. And, and then we decided we would pray about that through our sabbatical time. So during those, those months of sabbatical, my wife and I, um, had, we had informed the elders, so Chris knew about that, and the other elders at Greenville Grace had kind of known about that. And so we were kind of collectively praying about it. Jody and I were meeting regularly with a counselor at that point in time to just kind of talk about what that would look like, uh, to pray and see if that was for us. And so we kind of just dove in, and uh, yeah, I think... There were times where we were more freaked out by the prospect than others. And, um, but I think God really kind of guided us through that whole process. So on sabbatical, what it would look like is in the mornings I would go out and I would, I would take a, a walk. Every other morning I would go out and walk for like an hour and just pray and just say, God, this is what I'm thinking. This is what we're praying through. Um, let us know. Give us confirmation about whether this is your calling for us. And so uh, by the end of that eight weeks sabbatical, I think Jody and I were on the same page. Um, at the very end of that sabbatical, we had a, just a, a, a three or five day period where we were alone. And so, uh, I think during that time, we really kind of confirmed that this was the Lord's calling for us. And we're kind of just then praying through, okay, what's it look like to come back and to start reintegrating into that? So when we came back, I came back to, um, you know, the church was healthy. They were doing great. But you kind of felt, wow. That's God's calling mom. you. I should answer. That's my mom. Uh, that's funny. She would be horrified if I answered that. We're going to have to take that out of the recording somehow. <clears throat> but uh, I came back and I felt like we were kind of dropping a bombshell of saying, you know, this is what we feel like the Lord is calling us to do. And yet when we came back and we, we talked through that, I felt like we had 100% support from the elders. And uh, it was really, for me, it was a really sweet time of feeling like uh, God's calling had been confirmed. So I felt internally called. But then these other men were externally confirming that and saying, okay, we see this. Let's, let's move forward with it. Yeah. The cool thing for me throughout this whole process was Jason came on staff when we were both under someone else as the senior pastor. And so we just became really tight friends. And through the years, he'd always been there. And so guys would show up and we thought maybe we'd plant with that guy and then he'd leave or somebody else would show up. And so like, I just never even thought 
that for Jason because we just gotten used to them and Jody were always there and we were always together. Um, and then when he said it, it, it's one of those things that takes you by surprise. You weren't anticipating it. And so if you know me, my immediate response is no when I'm surprised. <laughs> and then, like, you start thinking about, but why no? And you – not why no, but why <laughs> no? And you start realizing, wait a minute, I don't have a reason for this. Like, this, this really makes sense. And it was just – it was. It was exciting for us as a church to then begin going through the process of, okay, well, let's, let's talk to the elders. And so he shares it with the elders, and they all kind of shake their heads and go, oh, let's, let's pray about it. And really, by the end of the meeting, guys are going, this kind of makes sense. And then we put it out in front of the church, and the church starts kind of talking about it and going, I, I can see – how this is working, even networks that we work with. We kind of shared at first, and they had some questions and want to ask. And by the time we kind of dialogue through it, they're like, hey, this, this totally makes sense. So it's been, it's been fun to watch that happen. Yeah, and one of the other things that happened in the midst of that is I remember going to the first elder meeting where we were going to talk about it. And looking at Chris's face, and Chris's, Chris looked depressed. I'm thinking, I just ran over a puppy or something. Um, <laughs> And Chris afterwards said, I wanted to be the one to plant the church. It, that God had been kind of impressing that upon you. And lo and behold, that's exactly what was happening, right? So I don't know if you have any reflections on how God was working in you at that point in time too. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be the one that was sent out first because I'm very prideful. Um, but I, I wanted to be sent out and be plant, uh, be the, be the planter. Um, but Instead, I'm being sent out to be a part of the church plant, um, still keeping my nine-to-five job, but I get to see how this whole planting thing works from the inside out instead of from the outside in and just kind of a theoretical something we need to do, but getting dirty and being a part of it. I'm a lot of learning. It's been good. I remember specifically, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember having a conversation with you. We were at a conference, and, and we were talking about the church plant, and I was pleading with you to come along. I was twisting your arm in a spiritual way. Uh, but, yeah, we were talking, and, and you said, well, I mean, it's your church plant. You do what you want. And I said, no, it's not my church plant. It can't be my church plant. And kind of this reflection of saying God is calling. And I think that's a little bit what's messed up about our church planting culture is that we have this understanding that there's a church planter, and then there's other people. And that's not the way it works at all. In fact, if you've been with us on the core team, we've always said that God gifts his body so that it's a whole working unit. And so Chris has really complimented me in a lot of ways, um, which is a whole other reflection we'll get to in a second. But when God brought Chris along, it complimented me in a lot of ways. And when God brought Brian along, it complimented me in a lot of ways. And I think I compliment some of them too. That it's ultimately a reflection of how God builds his body. That he talks about, hey, some of you are hands, some of you are foot, and the foot can't say to the hand, I don't need you, Right. So we have that kind of reflection there that uh, God really blessed us in, in the midst of all that. But, um, so we had these initial conversations with our elder team at Grace. And uh, on October 10th, 2015, we had a family meeting at Greenville Grace. And I, I always forget that, or I always remember that date because I remember just being so nervous. And at the end of that meeting going, what have I just done? You know, and, um, you know, ultimately we, we announced at that point that we would be leaving to plant a church. We didn't know where we didn't know any timeline. We were just saying, we feel like God is calling us in that. And right after that meeting, Brian came up to me. Brian was very gung ho to leave Greenville Grace. I don't know what, the, the, what, what, what that Sorry, was. Sorry, Danny. No. <laughs> so talk about what, what God was doing in so, you guys uh, at that point. Yeah. So for my wife and I, we had landed at Greenville Grace, um, the church I grew up in had kind of come off the rails. Uh, we left there. We moved to Troy. Um, we had kind of gotten in contact with some of the churches around Troy. I had emailed back and forth with a few pastors and stuff, and just nothing seemed to feel like a, a theological match and, and things like that. So we ended up at Greenville based on a friend's suggestion. Really loved the theology there, loved the teaching, loved the, the way the church uh, very much wanted to be a teaching church. And so we had been making the commute from Troy to Greenville for, you know, four, four or so years. And um, so when Jason made that announcement, I 
pretty much went to him as soon as he sat his microphone down, and I said, you know, Troy's going to have a Chick-fil-A, and Troy's <laughs> got all the restaurants you need, and Troy's got all these people who are driving to Greenville, and I was, I was very much encouraging him to come to Troy. And so he, he knew was how to speak of, my language, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, chicken sandwiches, come on. <laughs> and Tim and so, Hortons. Yeah, Tim Hortons, exactly. Two of them now. So, uh, so see, God's already blessing a church plant. Right? <laughs> so the big thing is, um, you know, for us... Loretta, my wife and I had uh, talked about, you know, we really wanted to go to church in our community and we had moved to Troy and we weren't going to church in our community. And so it's something that we had discussed many times, just feeling like, you know, we should be going to church and investing that kind of time and effort where we live. Um, So when he said that, we were just like, wow, you know, we were so excited Um, because I know when we had discussed this with Greenville before, they had talked about planting possibly up in Ansonia. Um, or up in northern Dark County, um, so we're very glad it didn't pan out. But <laughs> but it did it did come together here, so we were excited from the get go. Yeah, if I remember correctly, we were we were, you know, it's funny. Before we were going to sabbatical, we were really looking at Richmond, Indiana, and uh, more so than anything else, just because I couldn't think of any churches that I knew that were there that were strong. Um, yet. That was probably more from ignorance of the area more than anything else. So when we were at that point, we were looking primarily south to Inglewood or this way toward Troy. Um, But, yeah, it was kind of funny. Like in the following months after that, we started praying. So we've started hosting uh, prayer nights, monthly prayer nights at Greenville Grace. And uh, it was kind of funny because you're praying and you're thinking through um, kind of the theological foundations of why, why start a church? Why do this? And, uh, trying to get people on board with that while you're praying through it. Um, it was, it was kind of a nice little time. So by the time December closed out of 2014, we had decided that Troy was the place we wanted to head. Um, we had had the beginnings, I think of, of kind of a core team forming and what we saw throughout the remainder of no, that was 2015 when that closed. Throughout the remainder of 2016, then, we were building up our core team. So there's a lot of people in this room right now that, you know, starting January 2016, we were kind of just rejoicing anytime somebody was even considering <laughs> joining us. Because I was very concerned at this point that it was just going to be me and Jody, and Jody really didn't want to be there. Uh, <laughs> no, no, she wanted to be there, but still... There was just this, this fear in the back of my mind that we said we were going to go do this thing and that nobody was really going to get behind it. But through the subsequent months, we saw, you know, maybe two couples a month would kind of add on and we would get really excited about that um, to the point that I think when we started core team training, we had 28 adults with us. And so God just really blessed. We saw a lot of folks just kind of hop on board and say, hey, this is something we're really interested in. Either we already live in Troy and we want to kind of engage Troy differently or, um, you know, we live close to that area, but we feel like a church plant something we really want to be a part of. So uh, we really kind of rejoiced in that. I remember we went praise in the park. We had these services out at the park at Greenville Grace and Danny's preaching one day and he said, hey, I'm just so thankful that Gospel Community has, you know, 22 folks now or something. And just by that weekend, we had gained like four people. And so I corrected him in front of 300 people. That was extra fun. Um, but, you know, it was a lot of fun that, that period because it felt like God was just really kind of getting some momentum going. But we came to the fall of 2016. And uh, Danny and I, we were having conversations in that about 50% of my time at Greenville Grace was being split between my responsibilities at Greenville as a worship leader and counselor and about 50% of my time was going toward church planning. And at this point, I lived in Troy, and I was commuting back and forth between Greenville and Troy every day. Now, some of you guys do this all the time, and you think it's nothing. For me, it felt like death. So uh, that's, that's not an overstatement. It really did feel like I was dying. No, it just felt like a lot. So I'm having this heart-to-heart with Danny, and he's saying, well, what if we moved up the timeline? Originally, we had planned on me actually ending my responsibilities at Greenville Grace in December of 2016, trying to launch sometime in the spring of 2017. Like, we would, we would have not have launched yet. 
But it seemed like we had enough momentum that we, we actually decided that I would finish my responsibilities September of 2016 and kind of look to launch a little bit earlier. So September happens, and in September 1st, I am at a McDonald's in town sitting there trying to get work done because I don't have any office space. There's no building that's on my radar. I don't know what in the world we just did, and I'm, going, I'm freaking out. I'm just sitting there going, I left a really good job that I loved, and now I don't know where I am. And so we started praying. We, we were visiting buildings at that point in time. Do you guys remember that first building? We Absolutely. <laughs> they were scary. <laughs> <laughs> like... Scary bleach bath type, bed bugs type stuff. Yeah. We had a couple scary places. The and we first... had contacted, uh, yes. I believe Spencer had contacted the owner of this building at the time, and he was above our, our range of what we could do. So we were looking at other options. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. The other options were yeah. bad options. Yes, they were. <laughs> so the first one we looked at, it smelled like smoke, and yeah. it was tiny. And uh, so we're looking and saying, what can we afford? What what kind of happens? And sure enough, every time we would, I would drive by this building, I'd say, Lord, allow us to rent this building. Give us this building. You know, let somebody just sign over the deed. I don't know what you do, but just <laughs> give us this building, right? And so sure enough, Spencer Morgan was, was heading up the building hunt for us. And uh, he called just on a whim. And the guy was like, he was motivated. That's what they say in real estate, right? He was motivated to, to lease or whatever. And so we started talking and Originally, we had just talked about renting half of this space and using the bottom, the downstairs for children's stuff and using the upstairs for adult stuff. And uh, the other, the back half would be rented to somebody else, some business or whatever else. So we started talking that way. And sure enough, as things got progressing, the guy's like, well, you know what? I'll just rent the whole building to you for that amount. And so we ended up renting the whole facility for just a few, you know, a little higher rent uh, cost there. But uh, in the end, God has really blessed us with this space. And so in the fall, while we're negotiating a building, while we're doing core team training every other Sunday at Greenville Grace, um, we're attending services at Greenville Grace. I'm doing the tour with different churches, trying to talk about what we're doing and trying to raise funds. Um, We're also in November, we started painting in here. And this is why I would make a really bad contractor because I said, oh, we can paint this in a couple weeks. And uh, I think it took us four weeks. Yeah. I think so, four weekends. I believe it was four weekends. Yeah. I still don't think we're really done. But that's Yeah, I might, might need some touch up. here. <laughs> Megan's back there going, we're not done. We're not done. But I still remember, this is one of my favorite moments, is that these two guys were on scaffolding trying to paint these archways up here. And uh, I tried to help them. And I didn't get too far because I didn't realize how afraid of heights I was. And I was on all fours on the scaffolding trying to help them. But I'm going to give Chris the credit here because Chris is the one who got all the way up to the top. Yes. I did arches. I did some of the flat. But Chris did all the way to the top. And I, I was on top of the scaffolding with, and he, holding a ladder. And he went up the ladder. And as he was painting, I could feel the ladder <laughs> shaking, you know. But... I had to paint it because I was taller. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> Sometimes it's great to be short. I thought it was because you were more sure of your salvation than Brian was. <laughs> no. But that, that was actually a lot of fun. Like the, For me, it was. I mean, you would come at 9 in the morning. You'd stay till 5 at night. You'd work your behind off. And uh, it was just a sweet time. Everybody was excited. It was uh, a lot of fun to kind of be here. And some of you guys participated in that. But... Uh, we were all kind of looking to this January launch date. So December, we actually started meeting in here, and we had scaffolding still stacked in the back because the painting wasn't done. But our core team was meeting in here in, Jan- or in December, and we were walking through Jonah as, as a core team. Um, and so it was a lot of fun. Our kids almost died on scaffolding, but it was a lot of fun. And, uh, but everything got completed, and we were able to launch January 1st, 2017. Um, and so God really blessed us. God brought a lot of elements together that I didn't, didn't know how he was going to bring those elements together. Um, just to recount some of the things that happened when we, when my wife and I went to sell our house in Greenville, we had tried to sell a house. The last house we tried to sell in Greenville took us about seven years. We put it on the market, take it off the market, put it on, take it off. And it took us about seven years to sell it. When we sold that house, I think we sold it in like 10 days. Um, 
it just it so happened that the lady we bought it from was interested in rebuying it at additional cost, which was very nice to us. But God had just kind of worked everything out for us to purchase the home, to be able to purchase or to sell the home, to be able to purchase another home within a kind of doable window. And so everything kind of worked out there. In regard to this building, it was amazing to kind of watch everything kind of come together with how God brought us into this space. Um, I think I specifically am thankful for the families that God had brought along with us because I watched and I said, okay, this is going to be a problem. I don't have the skill set to accomplish this. So one of the things was I don't have the skill set to accomplish managing. I can't even manage my own checkbook, let alone the finances of this church. And then God brings Brian Spirito along who, who manages our finances now. And, and we saw that happen a lot of different times in a lot of different ways. So God was really good. Do you guys have anything else to add about that whole process? Anything? Well, I was, uh, I, I went through the elder process with the elders at Greenville, um, specifically to become an elder here. And like you had mentioned before, as far as us complimenting each other, um, from a spiritual gift point of view, you know, Jason is, is very gifted toward teaching and counseling and, and Chris is very gifted toward evangelism. And for me, my gift is more toward administration. And so it kind of really, I, I think God brought a, elder board together that with a, that skill set like you said that rounds out so yeah i was i was on the elder team this is chris for the recording i'm the good looking one um <laughs> got a great face for radio <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i was i was on the elder team at greenville grace when all this happened and um just there was no like spiritual fleecing that we had to do to, to, there was no writing on the wall. It was just a godly group of guys who were saying, we want this gospel proclaimed in other places. So let's figure out how we do this. So like the reason why we landed in Troy is because the majority of the body was coming from Troy to Greenville or not a majority, but there was a large group of people from Troy who was uh, worshiping at Greenville. It's like, well, that just seems like a logical choice um, for myself and my wife. And when we made the decision to be a part of this church plant, um, I wanted to see what a church plant looked like from the inside. From where I work, this would shave a half hour off of my drive. Like, it's just a logical choice. God was making and moving, working things out to where he was setting things up. And we just got to be faithful in, in what he had already laid out for us. It, there's nothing super spiritual, awesome. We are not men who, you know, we have to veil our faces or anything like this because you're seeing glowing. Is God just laying these things out and we just got to be a part of what God's working here. You know, one thing I forgot to mention was Greenville Grace is one of our, it is our largest supporter as a church. Um, and one of the things that happened was in the spring of 2016, Greenville Grace was able to pay off their building, finally. And one of the things that we don't talk about enough is that they, I was in the elder meeting when they were saying, you know, we've just cleared this amount of money. And in sending Jason out, we'll clear his salary. What if we just kept paying Jason's salary? And that was a huge expression of their support of gospel community. And so to this day, Greenville Grace is by far our largest supporter and we are so thankful for the partnership we have with Greenville Grace. Um, it's rare. I'll, I'll just tell you, I, I don't know of any other church plant that I could name off the top of my head right now that came from a positive situation uh, where they were sent out um, by their local church with their blessing and with their financial black backing as we have been. And so uh, we're really thankful for Greenville Grace and, and the constant support that you guys give to us. And it's not just financial uh, the screen came from Greenville Grace. Um, you know, countless things around this room came from Greenville Grace. A lot of painting was done by Greenville Grace yes, folks. Yes, <laughs> and a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of body weight. We every Sunday, some of the visitors that you you see, and you're like, "Hey, oh, you live in Troy? No, I'm from Greenville Grace." Yeah. I mean, they're constantly, constantly supporting us. It's awesome. Scripture also uses, we say planting a church, but the, one of the analogies it uses is kind of like birthing a church. And I would say there's a lot involved that's very similar 
um, we have four children, and they have cost us so much money and so much stress <laughs> and so much alone time I could enjoy with my wife that somebody's hanging on me and ruining it, you know? And there's just, but I wouldn't trade them for the world, right? Love them, and it's having kids has been one of the best things that happened to us. Um, this church has been the same way. And I just want to say to those of you that have come from Grace, um, we love you and we miss you. Jared and I were talking about on the drive here. This is so cool. We got to hang with our people at our church, and then we get to come over here and hang with all of you guys tonight. Um, you're missed. Um, not just the jobs you did and the roles you filled, you're missed. Um, and yet, this has been one of the most exciting things for our church. Greenville Grace is healthier because of what gospel community is doing over here. And um, it's, been, it's been exciting. We're, Lord willing, we're looking at Richmond next with a guy from Richmond that's very motivated. And so the cool thing is, is as you guys are serving the Lord here, it's even helping motivate people back at Greenville Grace to say, yeah, let's do this again. This has been good, and, and we'd like to do this again. So thank you. This has been awesome. And one real quick thing, because I know there's some confusion. If you see any of our people here on Sundays, you're allowed to ignore them. Okay. Like I understand you feel that tension of like, but I want to meet the visitor. I want to meet somebody actually from here in the area that we're trying to reach. We're cool with that. Like we've already told them, you know, that we actually, when somebody comes back grumbling, we say, well, you're the reason they left. (laughs) And then we explain that like, no, actually. So you have our permission not to talk to Danny after this and that's okay. No, I I think, uh, you know, that, there's a scripture in, in the Psalms that talks about how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. And I feel like it's, it's a blessing for us that there's a unity between Greenville Grace and gospel community. So uh, we thank God for that. And um, that's kind of our history, unless there's anything else that I forgot. Anything else I need to wrap up? Um, yeah. Let's give these guys a, a, some applause here. Thank you for... Um, So presently, you know, as we talk about how things are kind of, you know, going um, for us right now, uh, God has really been good to us. I've said it before. I don't know that we could have gotten a better start than what we've had. And what I mean by that is financially, we're better off than I thought we would be at this point, much better off than I thought we would be at this point. I don't have hard numbers behind that, but I will say that just as I see monthly statements, uh, we've really been blessed. Um, I should say that I should be careful about saying that in the presence of one of our largest donors, but uh, no, God's been really good to us on that front. We, we've seen a steady flow of visitors with us and that's amazing because honestly, we haven't done much of anything by way of advertising. It's been almost entirely word of mouth, which if you were with us in our core team training is exactly what we said, how we wanted to function. Um, so what God has brought about is he's brought about an excitement for us at gospel community that has been kind of infectious. That's brought new people in. So even this morning we had three different couples kind of visiting with us that we had not seen before. We had a, I think we had another couple kind of return and visit with us. And so, um, you know, we're really excited about that. We, I get excited every time we have new visitors coming to check us out. Um, so that's been really good. I'll tell you right now where we are is we're kind of establishing a steady rhythm. We've talked about valuing the church gathered and the church scattered. And so right now that's exactly what we're building, right? So when we gather on Sunday mornings, that has an intentionality to it. You hear us say the statement at the front end of our service that we gather to retell the story of the gospel. And that's exactly what we want to do. We want to reorient our hearts, our minds to what Jesus is doing in the world, what he has accomplished at the cross. And so as, as Jesus has purchased sinners by his death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins, we want to reorient ourselves to that every week. That's what you hear in the liturgy, in the singing. That's what you hear in the sermon. And so we're trying to do that church gather to reorient ourselves toward the gospel. But when we go out and we scatter, that's kind of our small groups. That's also sending out to mission. Um, That's really valuable for us too. And so we've recently seen some of our, our new comers on Sunday mornings start to integrate over to our community groups, which is a huge thing because that means that they're actually kind of getting the life of what's happening here, what by design we've pushed toward. So, um, 
I'm really thankful for those things. Like I said, we're establishing some healthy rhythms. One of the things that needs to happen now as we talk about kind of some of the needs is that we, we need to try and, and form a unity between the people who planted gospel community and those who have been visitors with us. And so I've really been thankful that we have a ladies study that's been going. There's 20 people in our ladies study. And so we've kind of been seeing bridges built between some people who have been with us for a long time and some people who just started coming around. And hopefully we can kind of do some more to kind of build those bridges. I'll tell you, if you're new to gospel community, one of the things that I would really encourage you to do is to get plugged into a community group. Because in community groups, that's the best place you're going to build relationships. So... We've really been thankful to see some of those things happen. We've been thankful to see some of, uh, even some of the people here who are here tonight just kind of integrate so that we kind of have one new whole rather than core team and everybody else. Just for the record, too, we no longer use the, the term core team. Like, that's been abolished. Now it's just a church. Like, we have members and visitors and, uh, you know, regular attenders. So that's kind of where we are. And I've really been thankful for how God has kind of brought that about for us. Um, I will say one of the other challenges we face is kind of handing ministry off to other people. Um, so we have a number of things. There are our regular tasks. There's like coffee bar. There's uh, you know some other tasks that we need to start handing off to individuals. And that's one thing. But there's also... Uh, kind of more central ministry positions that we want to start handing out to people. Um, if you know me, delegation is not my strong suit. Hi. That's my son. He turned 10 today. My, my son, Owen, has turned 10 today. So uh, anyway, I was distracted. Sorry about that. Um, so we want to start handing off some of those ministry positions and start seeing more people integrate into those positions in that way. So uh, that's where we are presently. I'll say, you know, one of the things we rolled out this morning is uh, in terms of outreach, we rolled out this idea that we want to fund barbecues this summer. And here's the heartbeat behind that. We've defined mission as living intentionally where you are with an infectious love for Christ. And so I love our people. I don't see why anybody else wouldn't love our people. And so I want to try and get you in, con in contact with your friends and neighbors in an intentionally gospel expressive way. And so when we talk about, you know, hosting these barbecues at your house, we want you to start making connections with your friends and neighbors and, and in a way that's prayerfully sought, that's uh, soaked in, in prayer before God that we might share the love of Christ with these other people. And that's really our heartbeat behind this is that we want to try and put the a ball of evangelism in your lap so that you can just try and be a Christian in front of your neighbors. And I think there's something really winsome about that, uh, that you show friends and neighbors and relatives what it looks like to live in Christ. Uh, not to say that you have to do everything perfectly. Your kids are going to do something and you're going to yell at them or whatever else, right? I know what that looks like. Um, but even in doing so, the way we repent and the way we confess speaks to the gospel. And so we want to just try and invite people into our homes and say, this is who we are. Sometimes we're a mess and God takes messy people in the gospel and he, he, he purifies them before God's throne and he allows them access to him in prayer. And, um, yeah, so God has, has been good to us in those senses, uh, as we've kind of uh, been going here, I want to talk about the future. The, the document we've passed out is our mission and vision document. In fact, do we have any extras of those? Can I have one, actually? <laughs> Thank you. So what we've done is we've put together kind of uh, the core values, the mission and vision of our church, or I should say the purpose and vision of our church. So if you kind of open up to page one, You're going to see a discussion on why we have this document. You're going to see a discussion on what is the gospel. Why is the gospel central to what we do? And uh, I encourage you to read that. Uh, really, I want to pay attention more to when we get into pages 5 through 7 um, to kind of just highlight. You know, our purpose statement is that we exist 
to sow gospel seed, to nurture gospel fruit, and to harvest gospel workers. I've got to be honest, we ripped that off from Greenville Grace. We flat out just stole it. So uh, that's good. That's good. Danny says we stole it from the Bible. So that's, you know, yeah, at least he's honest. Um, but that's our mission is we want to be about the process of sowing gospel seed. We want to be gospel proclaiming. We want to be telling other people about the good news of Jesus Christ, about his payment for sin that gives us eternity and that gives us a vibrant real life in Christ. Um, and so that's one of the things that we're about. You'll hear that on, on Sunday mornings as a reiteration of the gospel and its importance for our daily life. The second thing we want to do is we want to nurture gospel fruit. We want to do discipleship. We want to move people toward a, a gospel fruitfulness, a a putting on of the fruit of the Spirit. And so we see that on Sunday mornings. We call people to an application. Um, we see that on in our community groups as we call one another to application of the Scriptures. The final thing is that we want to see gospel multiplication. We want to raise up leaders. We want to harvest gospel workers. And what that means is we want to actually replicate new leaders to send out in new churches, to lead here at Gospel Community, to be leaders in in their different areas and their different arenas, whether that be at the workplace, here at Gospel Community, or wherever else it might be. And so those are our three purposes, that we want to be proclaiming the gospel, we want to be per- pursuing discipleship, and finally, we really want to be raising up leaders to that end. Um, I want to say, as we kind of move forward, go ahead and look at page six here. I want to talk about strategy. You know, Danny probably laughs because I used to hate conversations like this. I hated them. And then when you get in this position and you start to think about, okay, how are we going to tackle this whole thing? How are we actually going to make this thing work? And you start to, you catch yourself because you go, wait a minute, God builds his church, right? That's Matthew 16. Jesus is talking with Peter and Jesus looks at Peter and he says, upon this rock, I will build my church, right? So God's promise is that he builds his church. Yet at the same time, if I just woke, or if I woke up every morning and I showed up at work and I said, God, build your church, not much is going to happen. We have to have a strategy about how this, how we're going to go about this. And so I've kind of identified some core strategic initiatives that you're going to find on page six. And the first thing is gospel centrality. We believe convictionally here that the the gospel needs to be the center of everything we do in our Christian life. And what I mean by that is that, you know, Jesus calls us, he says, to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow him. He, that at the center of everything we do should be the cross. That we should find the, the message of Jesus' forgiveness of sins, the message of our new resurrected life in Christ, to be central to any given action that we give ourselves to. So if you tithe, do you tithe because of the gospel? If you sing, do you sing because of the gospel? If you preach, do you preach because of the gospel? What do we do and how do we tie it back to the gospel? And so this, you know, this is one of our core strategic initiatives is that we think that the gospel should be central to everything we do. The second thing that we really value as disciples is witnesses. So one of the things that we want to do as a strategic initiative for gospel community to grow is we want to put you out into the field, out into the world, right? That's Jesus' call in Matthew 28. Jesus' call in Matthew 28 isn't to churches, it's to people, right? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That it's actually on each of us as individuals to be representing Christ as his witnesses, And so that's one of our core strategic initiatives is to kind of put that conversation in your lap to say, we want you to speak to your neighbors. We want you to build intentional relationships with people in your community for the purpose of the growth of the gospel. I'll be honest. I'm freaked out by that concept. I'm afraid. I'll be honest. It's one of those things that I need to grow in, but we can all grow in this together. And I'm not just saying gospel community wants you to do it, so I don't have to worry about it. What I'm saying is gospel community wants to do mission collectively as we each have individual responsibility before God toward our neighbors that we love. And we desire them to see see them grow in Christ as well. 
final thing that we value is whole body participation. And it's this kind of conviction of what we were talking about um, here with the with Brian and Chris is that God has designed his church where not every not one person possesses every gift. Does that make sense? That every person possesses a gift that is meant for the betterment of the body as a whole. And so when people do not functionally use their giftings, the body doesn't thrive like it could. Does that make sense? So what we want to do is we want to give ministry away. We want to invite people who are gifted by God's spirit to actually participate in ministering to one another. Not so it's just centered around Jason or centered around Brian or centered around Chris or whoever else it might be. But we want to decentralize that ministry so that many people minister together as God has designed his body to do so. Right? So that's one of our our strategic initiatives. If we're going to grow, we think that these three things really need to happen. I want to highlight our goals for 2017. We're talking about the future, and these are the things that we want to see. First, we want to move our people toward engaging more people with the gospel. That was a really well-written sentence. It uses the term people twice, which is really interesting. But we want to move you toward engaging other friends with the gospel, right? That's where this strategic initiative with the barbecues comes in. That's where uh, some other programs we're looking at rolling out, um, those come in. We want to kind of encourage you toward engaging friends, neighbors, and relatives. Second goal, to intentionally raise up more leaders from within our congregation. One of our goals long-term is to plant more churches, in fact, if you read this document, our vision is to have a gospel expressive church within 10 minutes of every front door of Miami County. That's going to take planting more churches. That's going to take uh, kind of building relationship with existing churches and encouraging them in the gospel. And so we want to see that happen. And that takes up raising up leaders, equipping leaders in thinking gospel thinking and in ministering in the gospel and actually setting them free to do so. Um, and finally, We want to facilitate integration of new members into life at Gospel Community. Um, Coming up in May, we will be offering another new members class. We won't call it a new members class. We're going to come up with some really slick title that makes it not sound like a new members class. But that's what it is. It's a new members class. So uh, what that is, is we value membership here at Gospel Community. The reason we do so is because it helps define the relationship of how we relate to you and how you relate to us. You know, one of the best things that I can have as a shepherd is, is a clearly defined relationship of how I relate to the people that I oversee. Someday I will stand before God and give an account for how I've shepherded, how I've pastored this church. And I need to know those who are entrusted in my care. Also, you need to know how you relate to us. And so membership is a way of really defining those terms. For some of us, membership is a really scary term. I get that. And so we love to work through that with you. But one of the things we want to see as our goals for 2017 is facilitate more integration from those who came as visitors to see them grow in membership so that we kind of define those terms a little bit more clearly, right? Now, as you can see at the bottom there, we have some lead initiatives. What what are we going to do? And we've already talked a little bit about that. When we talk about moving people to engaging friends, neighbors, and relatives, we talked about the backyard, backyard barbecue. We've talked about engaging uh, community through downtown events. Um, on the other side, on page 7, we seek to engage newcomers at, at Gospel, and we want to invite them into our community groups. So once again, we're finding some of the same answers over and over again, right? These are things that are core to us growing as a church, to us kind of establishing, Okay. The second goal that we had was intentionally raising up more leaders. One of the things that we're doing right now is we're trying to clarify our leadership pipeline. And what we mean by that is we're actually clarifying the process by which we would raise up leaders. And some of you guys are already in it and you don't even know it, which is kind of fun, right? But we're raising up leaders and we're kind of identifying how exactly we move them along in that process. Um, There should be more coming on that. Specifically to invite specific members of, of gospel into the leadership development process so as to train new leaders for ministry. That's one of our goals is we want, we, if we want to plant churches, we have to raise up new leaders. If we want to see gospel community thrive, we have to raise up new leaders. It's, it's vital to our life as a church. 
The final thing is that we want to facilitate integration of new members into life at Gospel Community. And, and one of the things we're doing starting in May is we're hosting family dinners. So every month we will have a lunch provided here after our service that we would just encourage people to stay, hang out, eat a dinner, stuff your face, you know, just have fun and get to know one another. We want to facilitate relationships amongst our people. You know, the church is about relationships. It's about uh, fostering people, getting to know one another so that they can express the gospel to one another consistently. And so that's what we want to try and foster. The final thing there is to seek to engage newcomers at gospel by inviting them into community groups. So once again, community groups not only are a missional objective to seek to integrate people, um, but also a, a way to engage unbelievers. So if that makes sense, that's where we're headed. It's, I'm trying to keep this as simple as possible. One of my core convictions when we were planting a church is that a lot of times, if you think about how church is done, we, we go, say you go, um, you go Sunday morning to a service, and then some churches would do Sunday evening services. So that's two messages you hear. And then if you're a spiritual Christian, you have devotions, right? You have five or six or seven times in the word where you're reading the Bible and you're hearing, and you might listen to a sermon on the radio, and all of a sudden you're getting 10, 11, 12 different messages thrown at you throughout the course of a week. What we want to do is we want to try and simplify that. I don't want to train people to ignore the word of God. I want to train people to actually hear the word of God and apply it. So what you'll find is that our community groups cover the same passages that our Sunday morning message does so that we're not just multiplying these messages that you're hearing throughout the week, right? But the other thing is we recognize that you guys are busy. You have lives outside of a church, don't you? Right? You have kids that are in soccer and, uh, you know, you have a job that asks you for 50 hours a week. You have all of these different obligations. You have a mom who calls you on a Sunday night in the middle of a program right? And all of those things are just part of, of life. And so what we want to call you to is to say, it's possible to be deeply in love with Christ and live your life. We don't want to sequester you out of your life to be in the church. We want the church to push you out into life with a gospel intentionality, right? Does that make sense? So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to open this up to questions if there's any questions up here. And we might.